Hey Dream Chasers, welcome back to Cups and Convos, where we get comfortable and touch on some not-so-comfortable topics. This is your host, Mysasia Person, and today I am drinking on a Tazo Herbal Tea titled Calm Chamomile. Oh my god, I thought I was going to get tongue-tied while trying to <laughs> describe that to you guys, but... What I didn't realize about the Tazo tea the last time I drunk it is that they have these storytelling elements on the packaging. So I remember telling you guys about the yogi teas that I drink and how I love the fact that they always have some type of affirmation on their tea bag. But I think that this is really cool that they tell a story about each tea that they deliver. So let me quickly just read this story to you guys. Um, They... It's actually two, so I'm trying to debate which one I want to read. Okay, it says, and don't mind me if I sound a little animated, but Calm chamomile, rose petals swept away by a whiff of peppermint wind, grazed lemongrass lawns, and lemon balm buttresses, landing gently on a carpet of chamomile. They weightlessly wait to be steeped into a cup of serenity. Hmm, doesn't that just sound so calm? So this tea to me tastes like hot water. (laughs) I can't really taste anything and I don't know if it's because it's hot right now. But what I can say is it is very calming like as it enters into my throat and down my whatever tube it goes down. It does feel very calming so I can't really taste it. I don't really know what it's supposed to taste like but it's not bad. It just tastes like hot water to me. So yes. So this week I was able to witness something great. Um, I was able to witness my older sister walk the stage to collect her bachelor's degree. And I'm not even going to downplay what she accomplished because I understand what she went through to get to that point. Because we see degrees floating around so often, to me it's become a norm. And it's not as celebrated as it used to be when black women or women in general were first able to receive an education but when you think about the people who came before us and the sacrifices that they made so that we can get an education or start a business or run for office or just simply step outside of our box and reach our definition of greatness when you think about that it's almost insulting to not celebrate your victories You're not only respecting the generations before us by recognizing that somebody had to fight for you to sit there. Somebody had to fight for you to walk up on that stage. But you're also just showing the generations after you that it's possible. So shout out to my big sis. I had to call her and remind her to take time to celebrate her victory. And I wish that I had that mindset when I graduated because once I received my degree, I was like, okay, I'm done. What's next? I never took the time to really reflect on my journey and celebrate how far I came and I lost a very significant moment in my life. So in short, I didn't want the same for her and I don't want the same for you. So celebrate every victory, no matter how big or how small. This week, I wanted to talk to you guys about beating the odds and what that looks like. Later today, I will be interviewing a woman who I feel personally represents this topic turning your pain into power. I want to start by telling you a story about this little boy. So this little boy was given an assignment in school where the teacher asked the students what did they want to be when they grew older. The little boy thought about it and he wrote what he aspired to be on a piece of paper. The teacher was baffled. She was upset, reported it to his parents, 
whatever. When he got home, his mother was furious and she told his father about what he wrote on the piece of paper. His father asked him, what was it? And she read, he wants to be on TV. Mind you, this is a ridiculous thing to get in trouble for, but that just shows you that our dreams start at a very early age. And we often have people in our corner that will try to kill it because they don't see or relate to our vision. So this little boy thought he was going to be disciplined, but when his father came into his room, he told him to put the piece of paper in his drawer and read it every morning and every night. So he ultimately saw him manifestation. Fast forward years later, this now man decided to leave home and pursue his passion. He had already made a few bucks off of a gig and thought, you know, well, hey, I can make a living off of this. So he took a a risk, sorry, and left home. So we've all been in that place where our journey starts off great, but then we hit a bump, a roadblock. We just hit these obstacles. So he found himself living out of his car for three years, just trying to figure it out. He hit a very low point when he found himself washing up in hotel bathrooms. He would go to the nicer hotels because they had the linen towels, like, you know, what we wash our face with instead of paper towels, and he would soak them with water and soap and go into a stall and wash himself off and wait until the bathroom was empty to come out. He did this a number of times until he finally just was overwhelmed and he had enough. He cried and he asked God, why did you give me this vision? Like, why did you take me here? Why is this not working out in my favor? Just as he was about to give up and go home, this now 30-year-old man checked his phone and had a voicemail. The voicemail was for a gig in New York for the Showtime of Apollo. The gig was also in three days, and he had $25 to his name and was in Florida. Ironically enough, he had another voicemail for a gig just miles outside of where he was. He landed the gig and made enough money to take a flight to New York. He performed at the Showtime of Apollo. That following Sunday, he received a standing ovation, and he has been on TV ever since. That now 62-year-old man was Steve Harvey. When I think about his story and the story similar to his, it gives me hope. As we go through motions of being a first-generational anything, breaking barriers, proving the doubters wrong, we often run into those moments where we're doubting ourselves and questioning God. Like, is this really for me? Did you really call me to do this? And the fact that his break didn't happen until he was 30 years old shows me that our journey takes time. The question is, are we willing to push through boundaries to get there? Are we willing to be patient? I encourage everyone to listen to someone's success story. You will be surprised to know what people had to go through to get to where they are. Before we move on to our guest, I want to give you guys three tips to take away from Steve Harvey's story. Number one, believe in yourself. Our passions often follow us from a very young age, and we have to learn who we are and then know who we are enough to know what we were called to do. And there will be people who would doubt you, which requires you to believe in yourself more than anything. Number two, take a step. I'm starting to realize that leaps of faith are actually steps of faith. Regardless of what he went through or regardless of whatever people said, he still sent his audition tapes. He still left home. 
he still wrote material and every step led him to the legacy he lives now. So stop worrying about the second, third, fourth step, the destination. If God calls you to do something, just take a step. Lastly, don't give up. You will be tested, but people pass tests. You will feel weak, but that's the perfect time to lean on God because he is perfect in all of our weaknesses. And you will have thoughts of giving up, but do not allow those thoughts to hold you captive. Your journey will take time, and if you gave up, what were you ever fighting for in the first place? If it helps, I will leave the takeaway notes in our description section. We're going to take a short break, and I will return with our show guest. Hey guys, we are back with our show guest, Miss Boss Lady Merced. I met Merced through a mutual friend some years back, and I was really able to witness what seemed like an overnight success, but we all know that there is no such thing. She put hours and months and years into perfecting her craft, and it really, really shows. And what I admire yeah. so much about Merced is that she did it in a very humbling way. So to me, she is the true definition of stay down until you come up. And in my opinion, she took the fashion scene by surprise because she wasn't posting her every move. She wasn't looking for validation. But when she hit the scene, she made sure everybody knew her name. Her talent spoke through her work and people easily gravitated to her. So without further ado... (laughs) I would like to welcome you, Merced, to the show. How are you? Thank you. Hi, Marchesia. Hi, everyone. I'm Merced. <laughs> so I told Thank Merced. Thank you for having me. Girl, no problem. I'm happy that you're on the show. But I talked to you a little bit about the concept of cups and combos. I'm interested to see what you're drinking. I am drinking chai tea. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite. So I have to yes. chai tea with almond milk because I'm lactose but you like yours hot or cold um this is hot so this is hot chai Uh, tea and I always add cream I always add cream to my teas nice Um, yeah I like it a little creamy I used to do it so it's just something I picked up I try to stay away from the hot drinks because I burn my taste buds but I love chai tea it's one of my favorites yes yes me too I never want to downplay anybody's introduction especially when I see them just doing amazing things. So I'm going to give you the floor and I want you to start by introducing yourself and letting the listeners know a little bit more about what you do. Okay. Well, my name is Merced Jackson. Um, I do a few things. I am a fashion designer and I'm also a wardrobe stylist. Um, so I do both and I, and I've been picking up personal shopping and I do custom tailoring and designing for people as well so i'm multitasking you gotta multitask (laughs) yeah multiple streams of income is so important that's what i try to tell the listeners but everything you do ties in together because you often use a lot of your pieces that you design and your styling as well so i think what you do all just goes hand in hand yes it goes hand in hand for sure that's definitely like my gold card my wild card when i'm working with any client, whether they're a model or whether they're a celebrity, it's always like a big plus when I'm like, I designed too. Like, and a lot of the mm-hmm. clients want stuff tailored or custom tailored for them, or they might want like a custom piece made. Um, and I'm able to do that for them as well. Right. So that's that so always clutch. makes, 
Yeah, that always makes everything much better. Um, as far, do you want me to get into like where I started? Yeah, because when I met you, you were attending Woodbury University, which is another college in LA. If you guys aren't familiar, that has a really dope fashion program. So I would really urge you guys to check it out. But at what point in your life did you realize that you wanted to be in the fashion industry? Um, I wanted to be what I decided that I was going to take it serious as a career in high school. Um, in high school, um, I just remember designing my both my prom dresses, junior and senior prom, and then senior prom. I remember designing my dates outfit as well. So that's really why I got really into it and, you know, gained some confidence because I didn't really grow up that confident as far Mm -hmm. as like fashion and having the latest trends and being able to afford certain things. So I just kind of learned to like just put together outfits with what I had or what my hand-me-downs were or like what my sister or my cousins would give me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just really learned to become really creative and then people just really liked my outfits and then people really loved my designs from prom and then that's when I started looking into fashion design schools and like okay because I already knew I was going to go to college I right. just didn't know which college I was going to go to so I was like okay I used to always think I was going to go to like an HBCU mm-hmm. um I definitely wanted to go to an HBCU um, because I was like a cheerleader in high school and I thought I was going to be like a cheerleader or a dancer or a sorority girl. And when I was looking into those schools, I'm like, okay, which one of these schools have fashion programs? And I really couldn't find a school that had fashion programs. Mm -hmm. I I couldn't find an HBCU with fashion design. Gotcha. Um, So I just started looking into certain programs and I realized, um, I wouldn't say I wasn't ready to go straight into a four-year, but I was thinking about money and saving. So I went to community college first mm-hmm. and then decided that I would transfer and transfer into a, um, a four-year university. Um, so I just did a lot of research and I had a mentor and she introduced me to, she found Woodbury University for me. And then um, I was in this program that paid for me to come to L.A. because I'm from the Bay Area, everyone. I'm from the Bay Area. I'm from Richmond, California. Um, So I didn't want to go to a school that didn't feel like home to me. So I just remember that they I pitched my idea. I'm like, okay, I want to go to the school. Can you guys pay for me to visit it? So um, they paid for me to come to L.A. and visit the school. And I just fell in love with the school. Um, oh, that was super convenient. Yeah, so I just super, I fell in love with the school, and um, I just knew that I was going to go to community college first, and I just basically did everything I needed to do to be on the path to transfer to Woodbury. Like, took the right classes and, you know, look at their transfer sheet and stuff like that, so... um, Yeah, so a couple have, takeaways from what you said. Not to cut you off, but one, you said you had a mentor. And I think that that is so important just to have somebody who we can look up to and who can lead us in the right direction because they, you know, they went before us so they can 
like give you those leads and give you those suggestions and you know like she told you about Woodbury University and I think that's so important for those who don't have mentors even with business to seek a mentor and just to find that advice through other people um also I wanted to ask you because I know you said that you started taking it serious when you were in high school but do you do you feel like um or would you say that fashion was something that followed you throughout your childhood? Because to me, it comes very natural to you. And if this is something that you know how to do in high school, like that, that's amazing. Um, I was always into fashion or just like into my appearance or my looks growing up. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that I was going to be a fashion designer as a, I don't want to sit like that. Like, I don't think I was like sure that fashion design was something that I wanted to do because I didn't really hmm, I didn't really look up to any fashion designers as a child like in elementary school and anything like that mm-hmm. um I just grew up going to church and being with my family and um and I was just it was always like a very like academic I could I'm sorry it was very like academics was the goal like right school 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 good grades good grades and like I remember in the fifth grade I swore that I was going to be a lawyer <laughs> so, I mean, hey. um I feel like that's kind yeah, of what I people instill in us though like you know go to school be a lawyer be a doctor be something professional like yeah. work in those fields so I get it yeah exactly yeah exactly so I didn't really I wasn't really focused on fashion design as a young child. No, mm-hmm. um, I started to, I grew up, well, I started to, um, how do I say it? I'm sorry. Um, I was in this program from the fifth grade all the way up into the 12th grade. It's mm-hmm. called making waves education program. And that was another thing that kind of like didn't shake me in the beginning to want to even think about pursuing fashion design even though I liked fashion um making waves was geared towards like the math and the sciences and stuff like that too so anybody that was into the arts they didn't really like push you towards that or anything creative they didn't really push you towards that it was just like a program for underprivileged kids um to just kind of guide you and just keep you out of the streets Mm -hmm. um and that's where I had got my mentor from and Once once I got older and got to high school and I started to tell them, like, I'm into fashion, I'm into fashion. And they were like, you know, we don't want to pay for you to go to a fashion design school. Like, because the the program was like, once you finish the program and you graduate high school, they'll give you a scholarship to college. Fashion Mm -hmm. school was not included in that. So I had to convince them that I was serious about fashion in order to give me a scholarship to go to college. Mm -hmm. Because did, it wasn't they? eventually, yeah, but like I had to like really prove myself. Like I had to show them that I was so serious. So when they start me see they saw that I designed my prom dress both years and then I was like, I'll go to community college. I ended up getting my associate's degree first from Santa Monica College mm-hmm. in social and behavioral sciences. And then I started taking uh some fashion classes as electives. Mm-hmm. And um and then I was just like, I want to do a fashion design internship. And they didn't want to pay for that. And then I just ended up doing this fundraiser. I, I Back then, I want to say that was 2013. I had did a GoFundMe. And I raised a bunch of money oh, wow. for me to go to 
to Florence, Italy to do a fashion design internship because they wouldn't pay for it. So they saw me like being resilient, like, okay, she's right. serious and we're not going to help her. She's going to find a way. Like I still found a way and I mm-hmm. did this amazing fashion design internship in Florence, Italy. That's why I so asked once- because I think that, I think that that's amazing. Like the fact that they were so persistent in telling you no, but then you proved to them, you know, that you were serious and that you were resilient and then they gave you a shot. And I think that just shows us that God will literally direct our path because I can't see you do anything else than what you're doing now. Like I said, it comes natural to you. You're great at what you do. And just imagine if you would have just said, you know what, they won't give me the scholarship. I'm going to try something else. I'm going to become a lawyer, whatever. You know what I mean? But the fact that you believed in yourself that much and said, I'm going to start a GoFundMe, like you weren't afraid to ask for help. You weren't afraid to just take a risk and it paid off. Exactly. That's exactly what I did. And I was so surprised because people that I didn't even know were like supporting me. They were Mm -hmm. donating money. I had like my friends, family, they were like helping me out. Um, I had so much support that they didn't have a choice but to be like, okay, she's serious. She's going to support. We should support her too. And like, I had to write a letter to them, like really asking for support because this is what I wanted to do. And I told them like, once I'm done at Santa Monica college, like I'm going to Woodbury to get my bachelor's in fashion design. Like I need, this is what I'm doing. Like all the other students will like going to USC, going to like mm-hmm. UCLA, Cal State, Northridge, like going to schools all over, wherever, wherever, whatever four university you wanted to go to, they would help you and pay. But it just seemed like when it came to me and fashion design, it was like, no, because right. they had a, a previous they had a previous student who went to fit and went to fashion design school and dropped out and wasted their money and that's what mm. they were afraid of but you proved them um, wrong yeah so i'm like no i'm serious like i'm not gonna change my mind like this is what i want to do like no this is what i want to do and especially after i did my internship i was like ready i'm like okay yes i could do this i could see myself designing i could see myself having an atelier I could mm. see all of this come to life. So that prepared me to go to Woodbury as well. I kind of did it backwards. You usually do your internship while you're in school, but right. I did it before I went to my school. Gotcha. Um, so in the beginning of this episode, we talked about beating the eyes. I actually just told them a story about Steve Harvey. I don't know if you're familiar with his story, um, but mm-hmm. how... When he was younger, he wrote on a piece of paper that he wanted to be on television. The teacher had asked him, what did you want to be when you grew older? And that was his answer. And because he wrote that on a piece of paper, he got in trouble for it. But his father told him, I know, right? Crazy. But that's, you know, it just shows you that people don't really see or understand your vision. But his father told him to put the piece of paper in his drawer and to read it every day and every night. Like, he literally taught him how to manifest his dream. But even as he grew older, mm -hmm, even as he grew older, you know, his father and his mother, they just wanted different from him. You know, they've been working and slaving all these years. They didn't believe that comedy was a a full career, but he decided to Mm -hmm. leave home. He took a risk. He was living out his car for three years washing up in hotel bathrooms like just just trying to find his way and then when he was 30 years old that's when his career started paying off and as we know he's very successful now and built up all of this wealth for himself so 
I know you have a story and I don't know exactly, you know, exactly mm-hmm. what your story is, but mm-hmm. I know um, that you have faced some obstacles along your journey. And if you can just dig deep and think about what are some obstacles you had to face and if you did have to face any, how did you overcome them? Um, going back to beating the odds. Um, it's so funny because moving to LA, you know, I met a lot of friends and they always think so highly of me. And they mm-hmm. always, and I love when they see my, the potential that I have and just, the energy that I bring and everything like that. And every time I tell somebody like how I grew up, they're like, Oh wow. That I have so much more respect for you because of X, Y, and Z. And it's not Mm -hmm. for me to try to gain respect or anything like that. But I just say I beat the odds just because I grew up in the foster system. Mm -hmm. And that just kind of just shaped who I am. And then people don't people don't think that I grew up in the foster system because I have an amazing relationship with my mother and my father, but um, my biological mother and father we have an amazing relationship um, as if I never grew up in the foster system, but right. I did, and um, that kind of shaped who who I am today. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean. I mean, I still had a good upbringing, but I feel like, you know, even I remember posting it on my Instagram or I was like yep. a national, like foster care awareness, something, something. And then this girl DM me back and was like, wow. She was like, I am so happy. Like you posted about this. Like that's so personal. Like I'm, I'm always embarrassed to tell people that I grew up in the foster system and just to see how good you're doing. And how a lot of people assume when you're in the foster, you, you come from the foster care system that you can't be successful or you're, it's going to be harder for you or the, the statistics um, in like the foster community and stuff like that. She's like, wow, like you're really inspiring because, you know, mm-hmm. it's like a different it's a different experience. I don't know right. if you know, but it's just a, it's just a different experience. Um, so I feel like me being a former foster youth, me being from um, Richmond, California, where it's high crime rates and a lot of people don't make it to see 21 years old, male mm-hmm. and female. I feel like that's already a win for me. I feel right. like me being able to, you know, be persistent in my dreams and be determined and being resilient and um, not giving up on myself, mm-hmm. you know, uh, moving, moving to LA by myself, just making that happen was beating the odds. Like I'm going to get up and I'm going to leave the Bay and I'm going to move to LA and I'm going to make something happen. Like, um, and that's really just what I just, just, decided to do and I did it and literally everything I do is like that and, and my friends always say like Marcia you always find a way like you always figure it out and I'm like you know what sometimes I don't know what the hell I'm doing sometimes I just mm-hmm. know that it, it's something that I want to do I'm gonna do it like I don't right. I don't know how a lot of times it's just God giving me favor and blessing me but I just know that I don't give up and I feel like when you don't give up 
mm-hmm. things are going to work out for you. Right. You have a vision, you write it down, you write your baby steps, you met, you, you write down your goals. And I've always been that type of person to like write down your short-term goals, write down your long-term goals. And I'm all about networking and meeting people and putting yourself out there and not being afraid to try or like you said not being afraid to ask for help like everybody needs help so you got something you want to do you got to figure out how you're going to do it Mm -hmm. yeah I actually read an article um I believe it was when you did your Woodbury showcase and they did an article on you and that was my first time Mm -hmm. reading reading that you were in the foster system and it touched me because Mm -hmm. I relate to you a lot in that way and I thank you for being Mm -hmm. open because there's a lot of people like us who need to know that they can beat the odds and that they can live out their dreams and that they can make it out their hood and you know just do something with their life and it's it's really easy to become another statistic it's really easy to just be on the streets and to go to jail and to live on welfare like that's easy what you're doing like just saying this is what i believe in this is what i want to be and taking those steps and taking that risk because we we've always been a fighter you know what i mean so it's like fight for what you believe in fight for what you want in life we only have this one life we can't waste it just allowing our circumstances to take over us so i thank you for just being open about you know who you who you are and what molded you um Mm -hmm. because a lot of a lot of people need to hear that It's, it's going to inspire a lot of people who can relate to you and i'm one of the people that can relate to you as well I didn't grow up in the foster system, but I also didn't grow up with either of my parents. So I bounced around Mm -hmm. from home to home, just trying to find that sense of family, Um, went through a lot. And I am now developing a relationship with both of my parents. And before I I acted out in anger because I blamed them for a lot that I experienced Mm -hmm. while growing up, I felt like they should have been there. However, I realized that a lot of that pain was rooted in my creativity. I found my voice again when I started sketching, you know, it became my outlet. Mm -hmm. And I see, I see it become like art in general, becoming an outlet for a lot of people who went through some sort of trauma because we need to express ourselves. So just, just knowing that, um, do you feel like, your creativity has anything to do with the way you grew up? I would say that what I've been through kind of shaped my creativity because I was forced to just be creative in what I was wearing um, and how I put myself together um, Mm -hmm. with the things that I had available to me as far as like clothing and stuff like that. Um, especially I didn't, I wasn't very secure myself and that's what mm-hmm. made me think to myself that what somebody is wearing can bring them up or bring them down. Like mm-hmm. I literally feel that way. Like I feel like how would you, the type of clothes you have available to you or would you want to wear, like it makes you feel good or makes you feel like shit. Like, mm-hmm. and I knew when I looked nice, I felt better right. about myself. And that's why I feel like clothing is powerful. People be like, oh, it's just clothes. It's just materials. Like, yeah, it's clothes. It's materials. But when you 
are less fortunate and don't have cool clothes growing up, you're you could be t- you're, you people talk about you, mm-hmm. and you feel a certain type of way, and then you start feeling bad and you get teased and you feel like this and you feel like that. But when you have like dress, like if you like have on nice clothes, people compliment you and you feel better about yourself. It takes a certain type of confidence to not care what people think, but to mm-hmm. feel to think good about yourself is another thing. Right. Like, cause I don't care. I don't want to say I don't care what people think because I do care what people think, but I also, but you have to feel it for yourself. Yeah. Like I need to feel good within myself. And when right. I look nice, I feel good when I have one, even like now that I'm older and I go to these events and fashion parties. And if I wear like a nice suit dress in the color red, I'm going to feel so confident and powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, I feel like clothes can transform how you feel about yourself. Right. So I feel like definitely the way I uh, I was raised in the situations that I've been through and being in foster care forced me to, to think about my, my clothing and how I dressed and how my appearance was and what to put with what. Right. I love this quote. It says, I hope I'm quoting this right too. It's style is our way of introducing ourselves without having to speak. So it really right. does show who we are. And like you say, you feel better when you dress up nicely. And I mean, I'm the I'm the type of person that you will probably know how I feel by the way I dress. Like if you see me in some sweatpants and a hoodie or whatever, it's, uh-huh. you know. But it, you have to feel good by, about yourself and not really so much worry about what other people think about your style or whatever just as long as you feel confident within yourself that's what's most as important. long as you feel confident exactly because sometimes I feel super confident in sweat outfit as well and tennis shoes mm-hmm. you know but it's just about like whatever makes you feel good all I'm saying is what I try to tell people clothing makes a difference to me right for well, for me, clothing makes a difference for me and how I feel. Do you have any takeaway advice for someone who wants to enter into the fashion industry but doesn't really know how, or simply someone who has the urge to break a barrier and become, you know, an entrepreneur? Do you have any takeaway advice for them? Um, somebody who wants to get into fashion. Yes, I was independent, fashion design or fashion styling, um, fashion design, I would go to school. It's very technical. You need skills unless you're self-taught. You can self-teach yourself, but I feel like I noticed a difference in clothes when someone is self-taught and then someone was trained. Mm-hmm. It, de- it depends on if you want to be like a couture designer or if you just want to design and have somebody else make your clothing. Um, maybe you won't need to go to school if you just want to do like some wholesale stuff, anything like that. But if you want to get into like couture, high fashion, custom design or tailoring, I feel like you would need to go to school, um, do some internships. Um yeah, because there's even to this day, even though I went to school and did internships as well, I'm still learning to perfect my craft. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very skilled and technical field. Um, 
And I feel like school is what taught me the technical side of design and making sure you're doing the correct hymns and you're doing the correct whatever you're doing, the correct tailoring. And um, if you're you like somebody has to teach you how to do that, if you don't know how to teach yourself. I just appreciated school. I just appreciated right. school. It taught me everything like pattern making, tailoring. You know, I can make a suit mm-hmm. or I can make a gown. Or I can make some leggings. I can make whatever. Like, I can make the simple, simple stuff or the very intricate, very detailed stuff as well. And there's like right. a certain way to do certain things. And if you're working with a client that knows Qatar fashion and you mess up, they're going to know that you don't know what you're doing or you're not doing it the correct way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're making a gown and they're spending $10,000 on a gown, it's like you need to know exactly what you're doing. Right. So I would yeah. definitely like educate yourself, find a good program. Um, it, it just depends on what, what type of fashion they want to get into. If it's just like street style fashion and you're going to just hire somebody to go make your stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone needs to go to school for that. Right. Because nowadays you could just do a quick little sketch and anybody can will it. understand your idea. Yeah. They right. understand your idea. When I first got into styling, I wasn't taking it that seriously. I was just kind of doing it to build my portfolio. And then people start reaching out to me. And once I realized a lot of people started like emailing me, asking me from about my services, I couldn't really afford to go to school of style, but I did do their intro class, mm-hmm. like an introduction, one day, eight hour class about fashion styling. And even though I didn't take the full week class and I only took that one day, I still learned a lot that one day. And I took yeah. so many notes all that day from School of Style. And I feel like they teach you a lot about styling. Right. Yeah, I just wanted to piggyback off of what you said, because education is key. Like knowledge is the most important commodity in the world. The more you know, the more you can get paid, the more you can teach others. So definitely educate yourself. I don't think people understand how much goes into the fashion industry. It looks like an easy industry, right? Like, oh, I just want to make clothes that I wear and I just want to make this. And But they don't understand like the business of fashion. They don't understand the marketing side or what patterns are and fabric and how they perform. They don't understand all of that. So education is so important. And I didn't even know fashion was an industry until I went to college and I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know if I wanted to design or be on the marketing side. So it's okay to be undecided. So I like what you said about interning as well, because that's a a good way to get your foot in the door and kind of figure out what fits you. You know, like, do I want to style? Do I want to design? Do I want to be a shoe designer? Do I want to be a jewelry designer? Like, what exactly do I want to do? Because the fashion industry is very broad. Like, a lot of people really don't understand how big this industry is and how many jobs are in this industry and what really goes into making one product. So yeah, I just, I just wanted to piggyback off of that because education is Mm -hmm. key completely. Education is so key because you think you want to do one thing and then you're like, actually, this is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. I'd rather just be a pattern maker or like I'd rather just, I have so many people that I went to school with that thought they wanted to be fashion designers and now they're just technical designers or they only want to pattern make or they only want to sew. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some of them 
you kind of figure out once you're taking those classes, like, okay, actually, I really don't want to spend 30 something hours on this tailored jacket. Right. Like, so you just, you just kind of figure it out, like what you really, what's really for you. Like fashion design, they think it's so nice and fun and glamorous, glamorous. The results are fun and glamorous, but the process, but the process you have to woo. really, the process is different. And the process mm-hmm. is something that I love the most. And like you were mm-hmm. saying, like, oh, it was your fashion, was your outlet being creative. Now that I'm doing it now, like I was just making some custom gowns for prom. And I just like, um, it was just so not easy for me. It was easy for me. It was just so easy for me. And I was just so stressful. And then like a couple of my peers were like, how can you stay up all night and work on this? I'm like, honestly, it's just like therapy. Like I feel so good. Like I'm just sitting there doing my patterns, doing my cutting, fitting and draping. Like it's, it's, and I'm listening to music. It's like the whole process, even like the fabric Mm -hmm. shopping, like, I like the creative process and then my clients end up loving the result, but I like right. the whole process. Yes. That's how, you know, when you found your passion though, when you can spend hours on something and just lose time and you're still enjoying it and loving it. So if you ever find yourself doing that in whatever you do, whether it's recording music or accounting or whatever you do, like you lose yourself in it, then that's how, you know, you found your passion. So that's awesome. It's- exactly like I literally just lose myself so and it's just like oh my god you're not tired I'm like honestly I feel fine I just want to like keep going right (laughs) I feel woke now (laughs) that is right like I'm good (laughs) I'm yeah so exactly I like how you compared it to musicians like when they're recording like people who really love music they like live in the studio Mm -hmm. they don't have a problem like they're so happy with being there yep so yeah, um I yeah I definitely feel happy I definitely know that you know this is my passion I'm happy that I got into styling as well um I love styling too so yeah like you you're nobody. Go ahead in hand. Mm-hmm. there's like a lot of designers yeah. that can style but you can do both very well so keep at it thank you yeah I'm just gonna keep going and it's it's it I definitely feel like I've been getting blessed and blessed and blessed and I feel like that's all because I don't give up and I I network and I push myself and I'm always putting myself out there and like you said just staying humble and just keep working just keep Mm -hmm. putting in the work putting in the work Mm -hmm. and then you'll see the fruits of your labor right yeah I'm excited to see what God does in your life seriously I know he's going to do some amazing things through you. And I know that it's going to inspire a lot of people. So shout out to you. As we wrap up, I want to just ask you to give my listeners um, your social handles so they know where to find you. Okay. Um, My Instagram, I have two. So where I do, where you can see all of my styling work, and it's a mix with styling and personal. So that's my main Instagram. It's Merced Jackson, my name, just M-E-R-C-E-D-J-A-C-K-S-O-N. So that's all wardrobe styling, celebrity styling, and then like my personal pictures are there too. And then my design Instagram is Merced Verbena. Um, and that's just M-E-R-C-E-D-V-E-R-B-E-N-A. 
Yes. Um, I also have I also have two websites. My styling website is styledbymerced.com. And then my design website is mercedverbena.com. And she has some really dope work. So I really recommend you guys go check it out. I will also leave her handles in the description notes. Thank you, Merced. I really appreciate your openness on this show, just pouring out into my listeners. And I wish you so much more success. Thank you so much, Martasia. This has been another episode of Cups and Convos. Thank you guys for listening. I love you and I will meet you here next week.